Hello and welcome to this message from the river. We hope that this message from Pastor Billy Pate inspires and challenges you towards a greater relationship with Jesus Christ. Now let's join Pastor Billy Pate for another exciting message. You say come to the We've been in our series, our stories series, and we've had nothing but but amazing compliments and feedback come, not only from those who have shared their story where they've come to us and told us things that you have said, but also from our audience members. Um, it's been a, a great time together, and and even when we were preparing and telling our story, you know, together, and how do you put... 22 years into a 30 to 40 minute segment you can't do that and so we would say well we could share this story or we could share that story and there was so much that of course we didn't get to share because again you can't tell all of that but um God is faithful and if we wanted to get anything across uh, all of those that shared it was Jesus you know an, an encounter with God changes everything and, and with God personally, but also with God's body. Um, we wouldn't be where we are today. We, we would not be married. There have been times where we did not like each other. When Billy just wasn't saved and he didn't like me. There have been times where I got a little bent out of shape and threw a Brahms tray full of burgers and milkshakes right into his lap. We didn't tell that story because it's not a very glamorous story. But um, if it weren't for Jesus and if it weren't for his body and if it weren't for key people. And, you know, when the Addies shared their story, they shared, of course, the life of military and moving from church to church and just key people in those churches, building them up and building their faith. And and Steve and Cindy shared and Cindy shared, you know, of, of Steve's sister and Steve growing up in a Christian home and having those influences in our lives we need each other. And God chooses to use the body of Christ to, to change our lives. And, and so if the purpose of our series was to share in the journeys of those that we're doing life with. Did you learn something new about the people up here? It was to share in those journeys. But also, it was to not feel isolated in our struggles. The enemy works hard at convincing us. That our defeats and our hurts, our struggles, our hardships, that, that somehow they invalidate us. That they build this barrier that we'll never get past and we'll never get beyond and we can never be used by God because of them. But we've shown for the last several weeks that that is nothing but a lie. That God will use anything, any, any hardship, any struggle that you're going through or you have gone through, he will use that. To advance you and to advance his kingdom. And so if you'll help me pray, I want to share a, a story from scripture with you today. Lord, I, I know and I trust that under the sound of my voice, there are many who are struggling today. God, I am struggling today and I need your help. Our situations seem impossible But God, we are trusting you to do the impossible. 
God, I might be hiding those struggles from those around me, but Lord, I know that I don't, I don't hide anything from you. And so God, today we are choosing to believe that you can do immeasurably more than we could ever think or imagine. And that our greatest significance will always be found in you. Speak to us today through your word. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In Judges 13, we're introduced to Samson. And we know Samson is the final deliverer of the book of Judges. He delivers the children of Israel from the Philistines. And and he has an amazing story. Um, If you have Facebook, you saw that we basically cannot tell the difference between Blake and Samson this week. He got, he had the opportunity to go see a play and, and then he stood between those pillars and, and did that whole like knocking the walls thing down. And I couldn't really tell the difference between him or Samson, but, um, he has an amazing story, and the book of, Ju- of Judges 13 begins to tell us the story of Samson, and no one would argue that it's Samson's story, but today I don't want to focus on Samson's story as we begin to read the first part of Judges 13, because if we skip ahead to Samson, then we'll leave out someone who is very significant in his life, and that is his mother. She's nameless to us in Scripture. We don't know much about her. We don't know about her upbringing. We, we don't know about, we don't even know her name. I mean, the Bible tells us her husband's name, but it doesn't even tell us her name. But yet, we have this little bit of her story. And so today, I want to look at her life and how her encounter with God changed everything. If you'll look with me at Judges 13, beginning in verse 1. It says, again, and this whole first verse, it does not come at any surprise to me, and I'm sure it doesn't to you. It seems to be the recurring theme of our Old Testament. Again, the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord delivered them into the hand of the Philistines for 40 years. They were, could never get it right. Do you feel like, like the children of Israel sometimes? <laughs> verse 2. Now there was a certain man from Zorah of the family of the Danites, whose name was Manoah, and his wife was barren and had no children. And the angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said to her, Indeed now you are barren and have borne no children, but you shall conceive and bear a son. Now therefore, please be careful not to drink wine or similar drink, and not to eat anything unclean, for behold... You shall conceive and bear a son, and no razor shall come upon his head, for the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb. And he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. Now we're going to skip down to verse 24. It says, So the woman bore a son and called his name Samson. And the child grew, and the Lord blessed him. And the Spirit of the Lord began to move upon him. This is going to be fun. Mahanadan between Sora and Eshtael. And I'm certain that that is how all those words are said. So the angel of the Lord appears to Samson's mother. And the first thing he says, it's not, hi, how are you, greetings in the name of the Lord. We've seen all those things, you know, throughout scripture, glory be to God. Instead, he says, you are barren and childless. The first thing he says. He could have greeted her with something kinder, something gentler. 
but instead he highlighted what was most likely her biggest struggle. He highlighted what was no revelation to her. She knew very well that she was barren and childless. He reminded her of her greatest desire unfulfilled. And the Lord declared it right from the very beginning. Face to face with who she was not. As I read her story, I, the thing that pops out to me is that God was aware of her struggle. He didn't beat around the bush. He just immediately says to her, you are barren. You are, you are childless. The same is true for you and I today. God sees our struggles. He is very much aware. We are never alone. I remember a time not, not terribly many years ago that I was in a really dark place personally. I felt very alone. And, and even though on the outside my reality didn't match that, I was... I was in a loving home. I was married. I had beautiful children. I had a home. I had groceries in my pantry. Every need that I had was being met. And yet I felt very alone, very much by myself. And a very close pastor friend of mine drove several hours to sit with me and to listen to me. And as I cried and poured my heart out to him, a truth that he spoke to me that, that I still think about a lot was, you may feel like you're all by yourself, but you're not alone. And today, you may feel like you're physically all by yourself. And you may feel like the only thing that God is speaking to you is that obvious thing, that obvious struggle, that obvious hurt. You are childless. You are barren. You are without. You, this is your financial situation. This is your home life situation. This is your marriage situation. This is your job situation. And you're like, yeah, God, I got it. I know it. I'm living it. And you may feel all by yourself, but you are not alone. And you may not physically have someone that you feel like gets it. But he is there and you are never alone. Our stories have to be rooted in this. He has not lost you. Just like our, our message that was given this morning, the songs. He is good. He has not lost you. He has not misplaced you. He has not set you aside. You, he knows exactly where you are. He is aware of your struggle. And he is the God to meet your struggle. Are you on a path today standing face to face with your biggest hurt? I don't know what that is. It's different for each and every one of us. But today you might be standing facing your biggest hurt. And just like it would have been easy to read past Samson's mother. Because the story's about Samson. I've felt that way before. I've shared that with y'all before. That I'm just, I'm, I'm replaceable. That God could just pluck me out and put somebody else in and they'd probably do a better job than me. That I could just be read past. And then there was April Payton, blah, 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 and just keep on going. We could easily read past Samson's mother. Do you feel that today? Do you feel like you could be read past? That you're isolated and you're alone? Don't take that bait. 
That's the enemy's voice. Don't take that bait. God is aware of your struggle. You are not alone. She was not alone. Maybe maybe he's pushing in your face the very thing that you've used to disqualify you because he's going to revolutionize your world with it. He's going to use it to make you a deliverer, to be, for a deliverer to be born in you and through you. And so that thing that is being crammed in your face and crammed down your throat and that area where you feel like you are not enough, I felt God say that to us this morning in prayer that he wants us to be most proud of our areas where we feel like we're not enough. Not in our sin, but in our lack. Where I'm not enough because it's in those places that he wants to be strong. It's in our weaknesses where he wants to be strong. Don't disqualify yourself. After pointing out what she didn't have, the Lord announced her miracle. It says in in verse 3, But you're going to become pregnant and give birth to a son. I don't know about y'all, but this is where I begin to argue with the Spirit of the Lord. I I begin to tell him the reality that I'm facing and how that's not going to work and how things are really going to happen. And and I tell the the master of the universe, the one who created everything from nothing, how I don't see that panning out in my life. He says, you're going to give birth to a son. God could have chosen any woman. We don't even know this lady's name. But he chose her. And after years and years of waiting and hoping and praying, she finally gets her yes. God is so patient with us. I don't, I, I don't know if you argue. I might be considered an arguer. No amen from the front row. I'm an arguer, but Scripture doesn't tell us that she argued. If you read verses 6 through 23, which we skipped over, she received the news and then immediately goes and shares it with, uh, with Manoah, her husband. And Scripture doesn't say he argued either. I mean, because, like, there are times where God speaks to Billy and then Billy comes and tells me, I'm like, that was not God. No. And then I begin to remind him of our reality and how that, that no. And, and God has, he's patient with me and he begins to work on me. And then, and then I'm like, okay, it was God. And I, I then, my, my, Billy's faith in me is restored. But Manoah doesn't even argue with her. Can surround yourself with Manoah's. Surround yourself with people who when you go and you share your heart and you go and you share the word of the Lord with them, they just combine their faith with your faith. And they're like, okay, because it says immediately in like verse 6 or 7 that Manoah then prays to God. And he's like, okay, God, the angel, he appeared to my wife. And so I need him to come talk to me because she was given specific instructions on how to raise this son. And I need to know how to help her raise this son. So immediately he combines his faith with her faith. We need those people in our lives. Several years ago, it's probably been two or three now, I uh, spoke on the life of Hannah. And Hannah's much like Samson's mom in that she too was barren and without child and was praying and believing God for a child. And I don't know if you remember her story. I I, I went into some detail, but her husband Elkanah had two wives, Hannah and and Penina. And 
Panana means pearl. And like I said, I went into great detail, but a pearl is made from a little piece of sand that gets inside the shell and becomes an irritant and just irritates that shell lining until a pearl is formed. We all have paninas in our lives. She irritated Hannah. We all have those people. Not everybody in your life is there to be a cheerleader and to push you towards what God has for you. Not everybody on your path loves you and wants to see you succeed in this life. So get some Manoas in your life who love you, who will come along behind you and support you and support the word of God that's been spoken over your life. Don't just hang out with the negative Nellies. Find some good people who will say, okay, God spoke that to you. I'm going to pray with you. I'm going to combine my faith with your faith. I'm going to help see the promise of God fulfilled on your life. So if you don't have a Manoah, we got a room full of Manoahs here. Find a Manoah. God makes impossible situations possible. And here we have this barren woman who could have never dreamed that God would use her. That he would give her a son. That she would, that she would bring into the world the next deliverer of the children of Israel. But that is what our God does. He makes the impossible situations in front of us possible. Surround yourself with people who want to see you live that out. You know, this woman would have been ecstatic to just have a baby. It tells us that this, this was the, her prayer. But God exceeded her expectations. See, God, God doesn't just want to meet your expectations. Because if he just meets your expectations, then he can never exceed your expectations. God wants to exceed your expectations. So you have to make your expectations known to him. He exceeded her expectations. It said that her son would be not like the other babies. And even her part in that would not be like the other mothers. This boy is to be a Nazarite dedicated to God from the womb. He will take the lead in delivering the children of Israel from the hands of the Philistines. And just like that, this nameless woman would become the mother of Israel's next deliverance. There's nothing shady about our God. You know, that we sang this morning, he's a good, good father. And then the king of my heart and all all the declarations that we make from that song. But you are good, good. You're never going to let me down. And if it's your personality to approach your world with skepticism, maybe because of your story, maybe because of the things that you've lived through, Can I just put to rest today that there's nothing shady about our God? You can have complete faith and confidence in who he is and who he says he will be and what he says he will do in your situation. He exceeds our every expectation. He is bigger. He is wider. He is taller. He is deeper. He can love you more and love you beyond and love you out of any situation you find yourself in. If trust is hard for you, let me tell you, he is trustworthy. Start there. I, un- I understand being hurt and having trust issues. Those of us who, who shared our story, 
all shared of disappointments and hurts in our lives. And those can begin to build a wall of disappointment and cause us to be skeptical and be questioners of the goodness of God. But he is good. And you just keep declaring that over your life. And so it may start as just words from your mouth, but you say it until it gets rooted deep inside of you. He is good. He is never going to let me down. He is never going to let me down. Trust him. He is trustworthy. The special dedication of a Nazarite vow was, was assigned to Samson. And you can read more about that in Scripture. But for a season of time, for at least, you know, for her nine months of pregnancy, this mama also had to live out a significant role. It tells, the scripture tells her, the angel of the Lord tells her that she's not supposed to eat any unclean thing, that she's not supposed to drink wine or other drink or fermented drink. Her role was not a passive one. It was a significant role. Her, li- her lifestyle would be set apart and dedicated to God so that she could then raise the son to be set apart and dedicated to God. You're no different. Don't let maybe what someone has said to you or said over you let you ever consider that you're not significant or that your role is not significant. You may feel like you play a minor part in life. Like you're always on the sidelines or you're just a supporting character. But with God... There are no opening acts and headliners. We're all headliners. We all have a significant role. He believes it, and he wants you to believe it. You have a significant part to play. This mama had a significant part to play. We could just read past her, but who was the one that brought him into this world? Who was the one that saw, too, that he lived up to this Nazarite vow while he was in her home? It was this mama and this daddy. Your role is significant. God has entrusted you with things, children, responsibilities, acts, talents, abilities. He's put things in your hand, and he's given you a significant role to steward over those things. You've been tasked with a significant role. You are not on the sidelines. You are not a supporting character. Shine bright. Don't let anybody talk you out of being you. This last week, we got the opportunity to, to go on a hike. We're getting Daddy ready for Kilimanjaro. And so we got up that morning, you know, and we were on vacation, so I had to plan ahead of time what I was going to wear for my hike. And, you know, the whole accessorizing and all of that and, and uh, getting, getting ready for it. And so I come out of the bedroom, and first thing Billy says, you're wearing that? And then Collie says, only April would be so well accessorized on this hike, on my picture, on Facebook. I've been teased most of my life for being prissy and sassy. I know that's probably hard for y'all to believe. And there were many years that I tried to not be that because I didn't want to be prissy and ooh, girly girl or whatever you want to call that. But that's who God made me to be. 
I watched this cute little video on Instagram where this little girl is talking about being disappointed in life, and I'll show it to you if you want to see it because it's definitely worth watching. She's chewing a big piece of gum, which kind of reminds me of myself. And she says, yeah, um, I'm disappointed when, when I don't get what I want. And she's chewing that big piece of gum. And she says, but that's okay because that's how life works. And it's so cute because there is a realization that that's okay because that's how life works. And it's okay for me to be prissy because that's who God made me to be. That's how life works. And if I'm going to wear my big earrings on this hike, well, I'm going to wear my big earrings on our hike. That's who God made me to be. You be who God made you to be. Your struggles are not something that disqualify you from living this life. Your inadequacies are all in your head. Give them to God. Let God take what you're not and pour himself into that place. And in your weakness, he will be made strong. Don't talk yourself out of being who God called you to be because you don't think you're enough. You are enough. God's role for you is significant. If, if Blake will come back, and I'd like Lacey to come back and, and, and y'all lead us in King of My Heart. And everybody in here, please stand. Just like the woman in our story, God's aware of your struggle. He knows your greatest desire. And he is not a God to dangle things in front of you and, and snatch them back. Oh, I'm just kidding. He's not that kind of a God. There is nothing shady about him. He takes impossible situations and he makes them possible. And so if you'll pray with me today, today, God, we confess that you can do immeasurably more than we could ever imagine or dream. God, you are the ultimate dream maker and dream fulfiller. God, you place those dreams inside of us. And as we delight ourselves in you, we believe that you give us the desires of our heart. Speak to us today, God. Our lives are significant. You have a tremendous role for each of us to play in your kingdom. God, I'm not in competition with the one on the left or the one on the right. I just want to be better today than I was yesterday. God, I want to make being your child attractive. I want others to want you because I make being yours look so good. I want to live you out. Live you out loud. And so, God, we will trust you. We will believe that you will do what you say you will do. And we're going to continue to say it and believe it until our faith becomes sight, until we're walking in the fullness of our blessing. We're going to trust you till the end. God, I know that an encounter with you changes everything. And in a moment, suddenly, God, you put us on a completely different path to seeing our dreams fulfilled. If that's you today, if you felt alone and you felt like God didn't know where you were in your struggle, 
And everything you were doing felt like you were climbing uphill against the wind. Would you come today? Vulnerably place yourself before him and allow him to pour into your weakest places. Receive his strength today. Maybe you feel like you're in an impossible situation and God God couldn't even find you in that impossible situation. Will you come and begin declaring the truth over that situation that God makes possible out of impossible and he's going to use you to do it? Maybe you feel insignificant, easily read past, an opening act to somebody else who's a a headliner. God doesn't see you that way. Will you come and let him just speak to your heart and let him see how he see, let him tell you how he sees you? He is your creator. He speaks your destiny. He speaks your purpose. He puts those dreams inside of you. Let him call those things forth out of you. Would you come? Would you come and let him speak to you today? Would you come and and let your story take a change? As maybe you stand face to face with what you maybe feel like is, is disqualifying you. Maybe that thing that you've allowed to keep you on the sidelines. Would you come and say, God, I give it to you. I submit my weakness to you. I submit my hurt to you, my pain to you, this barrier that I can't move past. I give it to you, God. And I'm trusting, Lord, as I lay it at your feet, that, God, you're going to use it to set me apart, to set me up, not to set me on the sidelines. Would you come and pray with those that are here in the altar this morning? He is a good God. He is a good God. He will never let you down. And the reality of what you're living through today, you may feel far from the goodness of God. But it's a truth. Declare it over your life. You're never going to let me down. You are good. And you're never going to let me down. We hope you have enjoyed and been encouraged by this message. We'd love for you to join us at the river on Sunday mornings at 9.45 for Sunday school and at 10.30 for morning worship. We also provide our midweek service for all ages on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. If you'd like to support the various ministries at the river, please go to our giving tab. We'd love for you to visit us at 1110 South Preston Street in Burkrenet, Texas. And as always, we encourage you to come experience life with us at the river.